now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. It is, as the band with the big voice said, it is The Big Show. We have temporarily lost Jake Scott, but we will reconnect with him. We have no idea what happened to him. Uh, is he there? I'm here. Oh, Hi, welcome Gordon. back. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're all right. Uh, do you want to go to Coach or do you want to go to Tim? We'll uh, we'll jump. Let's just jump out to Coach. But want to remind you, we're at Homie, and we'll catch up with Katie. Hopefully, if the equipment holds out here, uh, coming up here in a little bit. But go to Homie.com if you're selling a home. Do yourself a favor, save thousands of dollars. Go to Homie.com. But they also do buying and, of course, homie title, homie loans. Uh, they're great. They'll they'll take care of the whole process for you. Go to homie.com. Of course, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he's my co-host on Jazz Pre, Half, and Post, the one, the only, Coach Tim Lacombe. What's going on, Coach? What's going on, homie? Does uh, well, I, does it weird you out that I call you Coach? Because Gordon has some sort of problem with that. No, I don't have a problem with it. I just All I said was, Tim, it seems like – coaches like to be called coach so-and-so even by people who they don't coach yeah you know i i think it's a sign of jake's respect and re, you know the way his <laughs> reverence for my authority i think that's probably what it is uh, so you're you're comfortable with it sure yeah i've got yeah for sure and you know because he's kind of my coach too he, he took a a very fledgling rookie um, out of the transfer portal uh, has has tutored him in greatness thus far, and and thus we go. Did he did he hand you uh, six figures? No, no, I, did, <laughs> I was not I was not compensated like that. No, mm-hmm. he probably should be, uh, but he, too, you're too kind uh, there, Tim. Uh, Tim, I I threw something at you on the post game, and uh, maybe we can get into it a little bit here on the big show. You know, nobody Donovan Mitchell out is is not a good thing. And certainly, I'm not saying that. But the the time he's out now, and and how the team he was carrying the team a little bit before he got hurt. He was having all those big games. Could it actually be beneficial now that the other guys maybe get a little something going in his absence, and then when you mix him back in, you hope everybody's got it going for the playoffs. You know, you certainly wouldn't choose it, but I think that that's the. The, you know, the great thing in life is, you know, you're dealt a situation, you figure out a way to deal with it. And I think the Jazz have made the most of it for sure. Uh, I think looking back in hindsight, you could say it actually is a positive thing because like we talked about, you know, Bojan's worked himself out of kind of a little slump. Um, you know, Jordan Clarkson starting to see the ball go in again. George Niang's having some real positive things happen. Royce as well. And, you know, Rudy just continues to play like Rudy. But, you know, with, with Donovan out of the, out of the lineup, it, it really has allowed the other guys to really work on their game and, um, and have more reps and opportunities. And, you know, not to say that the Jazz weren't going just great, but, uh, you know, it's good for these guys to feel good. And then to know you've got Donovan coming back has got to be real comforting too. 
So, Tim, you mentioned Bogdanovich there. He had a ragged game last night, at least in my estimation, as it went. But uh, some good thing, he was 3 of 8 from 3, but uh, 4 of 13 overall. And it seems like sometimes he tries to force the ball by off the dribble and whatnot. And he had four turnovers. I just... Is that a good thing for him to try and press the situation that way? Uh, is that kind of aggression good, or is it a little on the risky side? Well, I think the one thing that that you can see with this team to a guy, they really do, within the context of the team, they do work on expanding their game. And I think it's worked really well. Uh, you know, you look at Rudy, I think he's uh, a way better finisher this point of the season uh, or this part of the, his career than he was even three, four weeks ago. Um, you know, and so I think it's important for those guys to work on things and stretch things. And, uh, you know, Bojan's drive game at times is really strong. I think uh, you, the main thing you want to do is you don't want a defense to totally settle that, hey, this is just a catch-and-shoot guy. I can play him this way. I think you always need to kind of take what's there and, and – you know, I agree with you, Gordon. He, from time to time, he'll have some tough games off the dribble, um, but he he is definitely when he's going when he's aggressive, I guess, and confident. I think the Jazz are a better team, so there's part of it too that you'll almost live with a couple of those because you need him feeling you know good about himself in terms of uh, his confidence and, and what he can do out there on the floor. What do you make of the condensed schedule, Tim? We haven't talked a ton about this and its effect on uh, injuries. We saw Trey Young have an ankle sprain, and uh, I believe I just saw it come across that it's a grade two. James Harden had a, a setback on the hamstring. Do you think it's the schedule that's having these effects, and what's it going to do to the playoffs, do you think? Man, it's, it, it, it is alarming. Uh, we're starting to see you know, more and more guys go down. I, Again, I've used this way too often but you know i I, we literally uh, i'm driving to salt lake you know sitting in a room watching this climate controlled now you never know what the climate's going to be but it is climate (laughs) controlled um but we're not doing more than sitting watching talking and i am flat from the four games a week is kind of what we've been on uh up until this week it's hard i can't even imagine those guys playing you know mixing in back-to-backs traveling so it's got to be taking its toll. Um, I just hope that it's not, you know, doesn't become necessarily an epidemic. And, uh, you know, you certainly want all the real good players, you know, the stars playing at the end of the year. So, um, you know, hopefully there's some sort of remedy. Maybe teams will even take a little bit more precaution in terms of resting their guys. Tim, uh, speaking of the evolving uh, performances of some of these players, Mike Conley seems – really comfortable now and a lot of people have mentioned that this year that he he's made great advancement from last season last night he was uh he didn't shoot the ball particularly well but he had another 13 assists what do you make of his performances now and his command of uh the jazz's offense uh you know it just took some time uh we talked about it a lot last year and i don't think there was enough credence given to when guys move like you know, organizational guys move after um, double-digit years in organization and, and living in a place and being comfortable is totally different. Um, and then the style of play, you know, uh, Mike ended, Mike had the ball in his hands a ton. I mean, I think he was close to 
mid-30s in usage rate, you know, when he was with Memphis, he was the guy that had the ball in his hands making the decisions. And coming here, it's almost like that was kind of split in thirds, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's just the way the Jazz choose to play. You know, they have multiple ball handlers, and and to have shooters also, that's why they're doing all the things they're doing in a, from a crazy offense perspective this year. But I can't speak, you know, enough praise toward Mike because I think it would have been really easy to – uh, to you know, get steamrolled in the negativity, um, and instead he, he he knew what he had, he knew who he, who he was, and he lived through that little dip. And um, you know, it's no not much more different than life. You know, you've got good days and bad days, and good years and tougher years. And I think the main thing is stay the course and and believe in yourself. And that you know, Mike's kind of taught us that lesson. I think he's been he's been really been an inspiration. You know, to watch and to watch how his impact on this team has been so positive. Tim, you've coached uh, many players uh, over the years, and uh, Gordon and I have talked a lot lately about improvement. We talked specifically today about all the different things Joe Ingles has added to his game over the years to to be playing so well. But uh, I'm sure you've seen players that have come in and proved a lot over your time with them, and probably players that have come in with a certain talent level and kind of coasted a little bit. My question is about the players that improve. Is there some sort of connective tissue? Is there a trait that they uh, they all have or, or something you've seen in players uh, who who come in and really get a lot better? Probably a couple of things. Uh, number one, you know, work ethic speaks for itself, but the guys who improve certainly work at it probably a little harder than those who pretty much have it and just kind of can, can go out there and do their thing. So I think work, work ethic is a big one. Um, another one I think is, is persistence. Um, I think that's different than work ethic. I think it's the, you know, you get the courage up to do something and work really hard. Um, and you get some, some, uh, you know, some tough things back your way. Are you willing to continue? And I think that that's another piece that, you know, I've seen guys that have, you know, fought injuries and fought, you know, difficult things in their life and they just continue to come back and try to, to become better. Uh, I think those two things, work ethic, persistence, and a belief. You know, I think kids that get better are confident kids. You know, they look at the world as, um, you know, as a full of possibility as opposed to, um, you know, things that they can't do. And I, I think those three things would be the things I'd point out um, from my experience that uh, really do are difference makers, work ethic, persistence, and belief. So, Tim, we mentioned Donovan Mitchell, and he's sitting out healing, uh, rehabbing. But other than those things, what do injured players do? I mean, it, it, I, I'm sure he's watching the games, but is he? Is there something else a player who is injured should do uh, to keep his mind sharp, to keep his head in the game, as it were, uh, other than just the physical rehabilitation? Um, you know, I, like I think what Jake said, I think this has got to be as difficult as it is for Donovan. There's got to be a piece of it. We've all gotten a week off of work, you know, and and gone somewhere cool and gotten away from stresses of the everyday part of our life. Um, so I think there's part of that. And, and whatever Donovan can do to fuel that, whether it's, you know, playing video games, uh, reading books, um, you know, connecting with old friends, Whatever it is that kind of feeds him, I think, is the important thing. And I think that that's how it is across the board. You know, we're all wired differently. Um, you know, we – some people get relaxed, you know, going to the racetrack and, and putting, 
you know, money on the line. Some people love to bowl, golf, uh, hike. You know, I think we're all wired different. And so as long as Donovan's just able to enjoy the fact that he's not, you know, um, playing, even though it's difficult, you know, to be able to have a little bit of a break, I think maybe a positive thing. Jake, uh, what what would you do with a week? A week off? Oh no! Well, a week that you're, you know, rehabbing. But what, I mean, get what, to get to do whatever. Hmm. hmm. What would I do? Uh, golf sounds pretty good. You know, girl. Well, beach. you're kind of injured, so I don't know whether you could do that. Uh, okay. Uh, watch uh, Netflix. How about that? What would you do? No, girl? I know what you would do. You'd put on one of those cardigans of yours, and he'd. You'd uh, crawl up next to the fireplace and read a good book. That doesn't sound terrible. No, that doesn't sound terrible. With a little vinyl in the background. Yeah, that sounds all right. (laughs) Yeah, right there. Uh, Coach Tim Lacombe is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Last thing for me, Tim, and this is a a college basketball actually related question. As we uh, see, basically the the one transfer rule is uh, on its way to passing. I don't know if it's officially, official, officially, official yet, but it looks like it's going to go into practice over the next year. What effect, good or bad, do you think that will have on college basketball? Well, it's going to have an effect. And really, I think what whatever's left of, you know, doing it for the old ball, ball club or being a little loyal uh, on either side, coaching or playing, I think that's all now up in the, you know, that's gone. That's the old game. I think what we've entered now is a period of uh, yearly mercenaries. And, um, you know, I – as as hard as it is, I think maybe there's some good to it. Um, you know, players have uh, dealt with a lot and been probably held to more more accountable to choices that they make than, you know, a coach can pick up and leave whenever. So I think there's some good in it. But I think overall, you know, again, it's just going to create or foster a environment of what can you do for me? And it's only going to be really the – kids that I, like I talked about, kids that are willing to fight through hard things and uh, battle and, you know, you're going to see way more transfers than non-transfers, I'm going to tell you that. And that's the part of it to me that, you know, you can't really identify anymore with watching a college team play and knowing their guys and following them through their career because their careers are going to be cut short, you know, for a myriad of different reasons. But the transfer thing is going to play a big impact on that. So, Tim, let me ask you this kind of a tricky question to answer for you. But as you were coaching all these basketball players, um, Jake used a word the other day that, that kind of troubled me a little bit, but he, he said they, some of them are indulged. Did you notice that that was the attitude of some of the players that you had to, quote, unquote, well, coach and deal with? Um indulged and titled yeah oh i and i think that just comes with the territory you know uh i i actually had a buddy who kind of always wondered what went on he's a very successful business guy and kind of always wondered what went on out at these events these aau events and so i said hey if uh if you'll fly me out there you can go with me and <laughs> so i used it as a as a ride out to, to the east coast and he went with me and and we went on his plane and got out there and he walked in the very first day and he's like, dude, I can see through this whole thing. You know, all these guys, these kids are all on the take and there's people out there moving money around. And, you know, he had it all kind of broken down in one fell swoop. And 
I, I think that, you know, there, there certainly is an issue um, with entitlement. And unfortunately, I think, you know, how do, how do kids get entitled? They're taught that. And, you know, where are they taught it? Well, that's, that's what you got to figure out. But whether it's from home or AAU uh, coaches or whatever it is, the society, you know, it, it's, it is a little bit, like I said, it's what have you done for me or what can you do for me as opposed to the old days where uh, anything I can do for the team. And that's an attitude that has certainly grown. And it is difficult because, you know, as much as I love the game and everything, that's actually one of the factors that kind of drove me out of it. Um, you know, I got tired of feeling like, you know, there was always – I was always being judged, you know, and from one day to the next, one practice to the next, um, you know, you could go from being a great guy and a great coach to, you know, somebody that you couldn't trust. And, and it just – the game changed for me. So um, I, I think it's, a, it's definitely there. I think it's evident. Um, and it just is a byproduct now of what we see with what I talked about, kind of the climate of – just not just loyalty, I guess, but just, hey, I'm going to go try this for a year, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to move. Citizen Lacombe, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping on with us as always. Enjoy your night off. I've got another night off tomorrow, too, and I'll, I'll enjoy that one as well. Yeah, let's do it, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, see you, guys. See you Saturday. See you. There you go, Coach Tim Lacombe jumping on with us. He jumps on with us once a week, and, of course, my co-host for Jazz pre-half and post-game coverage. Boy, I'll tell you, Jake, uh, what he just said is a little bit sad. A little bit sad there. You know? Why is that? Drove him out of the game, at least in part. Yeah, okay. Know, uh, attitudes of certain players. Yeah, it's it's different, I think, than it used to be. Um, I, I thought you were descri- describing the inner workings of college basketball that he was describing. I was like, well, I don't know if that's sad, per se. <laughs> Uh, so sorry, I didn't know what you were alluding to. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's. I I think coaching is a difficult business for a lot of reasons, and and that certainly I bet is one of them. Do you think that's a, a function of the way kids or, or athletes are brought up these days? Is that a parental thing, or is that a, a an institutional thing as far as like AAU tournaments and teams and things? What, Would it be cheating if I said all of the above? Because because yeah. I think that all plays a bit of a role, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, think about think about star athletes at high school. I mean, they 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 get treated uh, a certain way that might be different than uh, Joe and Jill. I, you know, it's just I I, I don't know. It, it it would be interesting to find a way to cure that. I I think it's it's getting better before, or it's getting worse before it's getting better. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's been a, a process and. Now everybody wants a piece of of these athletes at a younger and younger age. I mean, you know, look at LeBron James, and uh, I'm I'm just using LeBron as an example. I obviously don't know LeBron or his level of entitlement. That's not really the point. But since he got so much attention from so many people at such a young age, if he did grow up with a sense of entitlement, could you really blame him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and I'm not yeah. I'm not talking about the media per se. I'm talking about um, look at the people that still surround LeBron to this day. You know, worldwide West. I mean, that's that comes from when he was 13 years old and playing yeah. AAU basketball. So, and again, I'm, I I don't know specifically about LeBron. I don't, uh, you know, he's, uh, I've never done anything more than interview him, but, you know, if, if that were the case, you know, he was, he was a prodigy when he was a young teenager, probably before he was a teenager. That's a lot of attention. It's a lot of people telling you how great you are at a very young age. 
you know, could you really blame a kid for believing it and having that affect how they behave as adults? And he's an extreme case, but think about a player who might be coming to a college team who's just sort of okay. I mean, he's really good maybe compared to high school athletes, but he's not a great player, and he still somehow absorbs that kind of idea, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, what can be done about that, really? Uh, I think a lot of it is what happens at home. I, I do. T- I think it takes a parent who won't just jump in on his kid's side no matter what's going on on a, on a junior team or whatever, but to uh, bring some perspective to that that a kid can learn from. I've got a buddy who's a, a football coach here in the state at the high school level. He said it's unbelievable how bad it's getting even at that level. I just believe the, it. Just the attitude of both parents and kids. Uh, yeah, and just and just uh-huh. if you don't get to start day one, you're out of there and you can go anywhere you want. Oh. But some people think that's healthy. Nothing, Gordon. No. Nope. Right. You're not taking the bait. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're here at Homie. Our friend Katie is jumping on with us once again. And uh, Katie, let's talk. Uh, we got interrupted a little bit in the last one. We were talking about selling. You know, thank you very much. Wonderful equipment that seems to be holding. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Uh, but a lot of folks uh, out there, because the market is so good, probably interested in selling their home and uh, can can make even more. Yeah, it's a it's a great market to sell right now. Um, you can get a lot lot of your equity back and and invest that into something something different. Maybe your dream home. Maybe you're looking to downsize. You got rid of all the kids and now you got to find a a home to fit all the grandkids around the table. Or maybe you're looking to start a family and you need out of that townhouse and into a, right. a single family house. Um, so it's a great time to sell and get all that equity out. It's a great time to refinance. Um, it's a good time to buy as far as interest rates are concerned. Um, you know, you can get a lot of money or a lot more for your money right now. Interest rates are so low. Um, so it's a good time all around. Well, and you guys here at Homey are, are a good fit for somebody like me who would have no idea what they were doing, where to start, you know, how to come to a price and list and all those sorts of things. And since you have everything right here and all the, the personal assistance, you're perfect for somebody out there like me. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know what you're doing and you kind of don't want us to to, you're just like, you know what? I just want to save money. We're here to help you. We'll, you know, stay hands off if that's what you want. But if you need somebody to hold your hand and guide you through the whole process, they're experts. We know what we're doing. We're here to help whether you're buying, whether you're selling, whether you're refinancing. We've got you covered. All right here under one roof. All right here under one roof. Oh. Homie.com. Is that the place? The best place to start? Promo code HANDS? Homie.com. Promo code HANDS. All right. Save $1,000 off that listing, by the way. And if you buy with Homie, you'll sell the, the home for free. Yeah, right now, uh, buy with Homie. We'll sell your house for free. So really, it's not a no, no, lose, no losing here. So cool. All right. Homie.com. That's Homie.com. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. 
Bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Jazz beat the Rockets last night, 112 to 89. Mike Conley had 11 points and 13 assists. It's his fourth consecutive game with 10 plus assists. The first time in his career he has ever done that. And he talked about his run uh, of assists after the game. You know, I've never really been a part of a team like this in my career. So uh, this is a unique situation. I think guys are shooting the ball so well. There's a lot of space uh, with Rudy setting screens and rolling. Um, I've got a lot of options and you know, I think it's different, obviously, with Donovan out. Uh, you know, I just have the ball a little bit more. So uh, I'm able to just, you know, kind of dissect and, and play the game and, you know, be the man I know I can be. And, um, and that's a credit to our team and the coaching staff and the system. So I'm just, you know, just trying to play within that game. Jazz are still a game and a half ahead of the Phoenix Suns in the standings, a game up in the loss column. The Jazz will be back at it Saturday, taking on Minnesota at Vivid Arena. They'll play the Timberwolves again Monday night, but Saturday's game starts at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And we played the first thing that came to our heads. Just so happened to be the best song in the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Homie. Find out what they can do for you, homie.com. Thanks to Tim Lacombe for joining us in the last segment, our insider report presented by Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or visit cypresscu.com for details. Gordon, I mentioned the Jazz are a game and a half up on the Phoenix Suns. In the Western Conference game in the loss column, Suns in action right now, taking on the Celtics in Boston. The second quarter is just underway. The Celtics lead 28-21. to uh, Jalen Brown is not playing for the Celtics in this one. Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker are, however. And Kemba Walker has 11 first, uh, first quarter points to lead the way uh, for Boston. But uh, uh, big game for the Phoenix Suns, playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, this one was going to be tough, but... Um, the trail so far, Gordon. We're to the point now where Jazz fans are watching the Suns almost like they're, they watch the Jazz, keeping a close eye on what's going on with Phoenix. That um, makes it fun. I don't think that makes it fun for people. I do, I do, and I think Jazz fans realize. And I know you disagreed with me about this the other day. Maybe you still do, but uh, I don't. I don't think the Clippers are going to catch them three back. I, I just don't think it's likely. I don't think the Jazz are going to lose that much. But Phoenix, just a game back in the loss column, uh, that's an issue. I mean, the Clippers are, are, let's see here, four games back in the loss column. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, I'm sure folks have their eye on the Clippers, I suppose, too. But Phoenix is the one within striking distance. And, and it may not even mean that much, honestly, Gordon, other than, you know, it would be cool to see a Jazz team finish with the, the best record in the league. I don't know, playoff-wise, if it really matters. Um, I wonder if it matters psychologically because the Jazz have been – atop the West for so long, it would be kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm not saying deflating, but it would be disappointing, I guess, for them not to carry it through to the end, especially since uh, that's not that far off now. Well, I think it would be a cherry on top. And this comes back to that uh, conversation we had about a piece Andy Larson wrote 
about making the regular season more meaningful. I mean, I, I think it's a bit of a shame that it's only a cherry on top, but that's really what it is, right? You know, it'd be something to, to put up in the in the stadium and or in uh, Vivint Arena and think about every time you look up there when you when you go to a game. But unfortunately, it it means a little more than that. And uh, well, I this... think it might mean more to this particular team because the Jazz have never really done anything in the playoffs as far as going deep in recent times and and you know winning the West. When you think about if I'd said that before the season started that they would be the number one team in the West. Uh, we all thought they might contend, but number one, I don't think very many people expected that. I would have expected no. I, I don't know if I would have said it was unlikely or, well, unlikely. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I, you know, I picked them two last year in the West, and I, I, you know, I thought pretty highly about this team going into last year, and that didn't prove it's, itself out. And this year, you know, you felt like they could pull it together. I guess I'm not disagreeing with you, Gordon, but was it really – I mean, should we have expected it more, I guess? Should we have thought it, have thought it was more possible than it was? Well, you we had wrong defend, going you had in? The, you had the defending NBA champs in the same conference, and we knew how difficult. I mean, the Clippers – and it, it, I, I, I didn't think they'd finish number one, but I was pretty optimistic about the, what the Jazz would be able to accomplish, but not that. I didn't think that. Maybe we should have, though. That's why I'm saying. You know, I, uh, I know what we like thought that. going in, but maybe we should have seen this coming a little bit more. Well, I saw more like finishing two. So, you know, there was... Oh, God. No, I, I... <laughs> no, yeah, they deserve credit for the way they've uh, they've played. And don't don't sag at the end, man. Come on. I'd say, you know, you got something to prove. And I think that would give the Jazz a bit of a lift because they're going to need confidence going into those playoffs and knowing that over the the entire regular season they were the best of the bunch. Right? That, that says something. Yeah, I, I guess. I just wish it had more of an impact. I mean, we've had this discussion many times before. I don't think, you know, seeding means all that. It's not that great of a reward for somebody – for a team that finishes in first in the West. So, I mean, I would guess that, that the coaching staff and front office message to the team is, you know, that would be nice, but we'd rather have circumstance be in our favor, like health and rest and matchups yeah. if it comes to that. Although, you know, whether you're in the first or second slot in the West, it's pretty much impossible to determine your matchup. So what's really the point? Yeah, yeah. Just, Unless you really wanted the Clippers more in the second round, which I can't, yeah. I can't see. I mean, maybe you think the Lakers are better, but is it really like that big of a di- you know big of a difference? Got to you got to you got to power through no matter. Well, the Jazz have put themselves in a position now uh, where you got to power through anybody anyway. So it, it it that I'm not sure that that stuff really matters. Yeah, but you, you you get what I'm saying, right? Would you really want to slip down to the second spot just to get the Clippers instead of the Lakers in no. the second round? That seems no. You know that just seems toothless to me. I mean, like it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, would there be really that big of an advantage? I mean, that's you're still going to have to slog it out against one of those teams in the second round, regardless. Now. You know, back when we had the discussion when we thought the Lakers and the Clippers would be the second and third seed and you could get them to play each other before you faced them, now maybe there's some thought there, but, I mean, that's not the case anymore, right? So it doesn't really matter. There's another component to the whole thing, and it's something that I do believe in, 
And it's that if the Jazz finish number one in the West, that, yes, that builds their confidence, I think, but it also adds pressure. Because if they are, you know, they go through the entire regular season and they have the best record, the best record in the West and likely the best record in the entire league, and then you lose right away, does that, is that an indictment on what you really are, that you were kind of foe? And maybe the Jazz feel that. And so that adds a little more pressure that they have to, they have to come through. And that can be a good thing or bad. You know, I don't know. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at the warehouse. We're going to be out there tomorrow, two shows out at the warehouse tomorrow. Hans and Scotty and the big show. Uh, the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. It's the warehouse. We'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait. Who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live hanging out with uh, our friends here at Homie. Go to homie.com. We'll talk to Katie coming up here momentarily but right now it's time for austin's list our producer austin horton has an enemies list and he puts people on there all the time who's going on there today austin the nfl is going on the enemies oh, list the whole today. league the entire league uh what those who make do. the decisions anyway uh and this is kind of this is really a sports thing but hey it's a sports show uh they have passed two new rules that i think are just absolutely absurd uh, I almost changed my mind on the one because Tom Brady thinks it's dumb as well, so that made me go, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it is a smart <laughs> rule. But uh, they have changed the number rules, the assigned numbers. So in years past, it's been without – unless you had, like, some kind of uh, exception, each position group had a certain set of numbers that they had to be within that range of. So you think of tight ends and wide receivers in the 80s. You think of linemen in the 60s. 70s, 50s, linebackers, 40s, running back. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Well, they've changed it now, and you can do whatever you like, essentially, is what they've changed it to. And at first I was like, okay, whatever. But then Tom Brady made a pretty good point that as you're scouting for and game planning for your opponent each week, you're looking at numbers, you're getting that number in your head, you're thinking, okay, when they move this way on this play, then I got to watch for the pole block by 74. But if that's now, if your left guard is now number three, maybe you get a little thrown off of things. And I, it's just kind of like, okay, here's my real thing. My real problem with it is I couldn't and shouldn't care less about a topic, and yet it still makes me mad that I'm talking about. Does that make sense? You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> like, I shouldn't care about this. But I do, and it's really dumb. Well, what what side is Tom Brady on again? 
He thinks it's he a dumb rule. He doesn't like the change. Yeah, he doesn't like it. Oh, man. He says it's going to lead to bad football. Yes. Well, I think it's dumb, too. But since you're right, Austin, since Tom Brady's on one side, i got to be on the other. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. brilliant. Brother. It's but, brilliant. Implement it immediately. Why, uh, why should they? Uh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to take a cue from my guy Gordon here. Why, why, you should be able to be whatever what number you want. I mean, have some who, do they, who do they think they are they still telling have you that, that, that they can wear a certain number? If I want they, to wear 106, I can wear 106. They, they still have restrictions. Quarterbacks are the same, 1 to 19. That's uh, ridiculous. What if they want to be 33? So what? It's coming 33. Down on quarterbacks I, I mean, come on. Are they going to tell us what, we can, what number we can and can't wear and play in football? I mean, come on. There's a function. There's a function there. The uh, this is America. I mean, what kind of country are (laughs) we? If I want to wear an Oscar the Grouch shirt to play linebacker, let me wear an Oscar the Grouch shirt. (laughs) They shouldn't even make them wear uniforms. That's dumb. If somebody wants to to play football in a seersucker suit, then allow them to play football. No, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain over there, Austin. Talk about uh, that second rule. The other one is the wanting to change the onside kick rule uh, to, to make it more likely for the onside kicking team to recover the ball. Uh, the Eagles had proposed uh, sometime last year, I want to say, that uh, perhaps instead of doing an onside kick, you could opt for like a fourth and 15 and you have to convert it to keep the ball or whatever. Well, the N- NFL has now voted on and approved that they are changing the onside kick rule and the defense or the, I don't know, I guess that's defense, the receiving team, as it were, can only have nine of their 11 players in a certain that certain landing area box where the ball might land, whereas the other team, the kicking team, can put all but the kicker inside that box. So they're trying to kind of gimmick the onside kick to make sure that these teams get the ball more often. I, for one, think just leave it alone. It, it's it's rare to get an onside kick recovered for a reason because you put yourself in that position in the first place to be down to be down to the last seconds to try and uh, make a comeback. Why make it easier on teams to complete that comeback? I think it, it messes with the game too much. That's a pretty good point there, Austin. Does that other team deserve a random shot off a goofy kick? Yeah, it's kind of like the NBA advance the ball with the timeout thing. It, it makes for good YouTube highlights, but doesn't that mess <laughs> with the game, Jake? Who are the NFL to tell them how many players that they can have on one side of the field? I mean, it's 15, 16 players. I mean, it's a free country. It's America. Let them put two players on there, limit nine players to get the ball. I mean, come on. Are you done? <laughs> I wrote a column about this. I've got to call out. him up. That's are, 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 are you done? Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Gordon. I, I'm done. I, I'm with you, Austin. I, I think you have a pretty well thought out point. It, it, the, the magic of the onside kick is its rarity, right? If it happened more, it wouldn't be such a, a useful play. You know, Why do, if they want to make it easier to recover it, then they should make all the receiving team, you know, stand backwards or something. Zip tie their hands together. <laughs> have the other side uh, ha- able to have T-shirt cannons to shoot at the other team, you know, like something. All right, like full that. time out now, 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine. Here's the onside kick. In the se- oh, my God. <laughs> Recovered. Recovered by the kicking team. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's, the, t- that's the ticket right there. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Austin. Don't, no, it doesn't I, need to be changed. They should make everybody on the receiving team wear, like, oven mitts or boxing gloves <laughs> or something, you know, just to make it a little more fun. There's a, a there's an equipment timeout. We have to spray the receiving team's hands with Crisco. We'll be right back. I think they should put grease on the football. I mean, have you ever seen a back back when I was in Delaware and uh, and uh, the, the grease pig contest where I chased a pig around a farm? I took care of the farm. I was also a ranch hand when I was. It was an estate, Jake. <laughs> But he did dust the crops once. I'm sorry. I'm also stepping on Austin's <laughs> toes here because the the Gordon impressions are that's a, that's. No, nah, you're doing a job. fine job. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, you, but you, the NFL did, goes on the list. So there you go. What you did there was you blurred all the stories together because <laughs> I did work on uh, an estate and I also worked on uh, you know spraying the field. <laughs> We've heard this story a hundred times. All right. Let's move on. We're here Still at Still gets homie. it wrong. Still gets it wrong. Hanging out with our friend Katie, and we're helping our listeners save money, which really is nice for us because it makes us look good. You know, everybody goes, oh, I saved all this dough. Where did I hear about that again? Oh, yeah, the big show. Yeah, See? it's yeah. the big show, yep. We're yep. cool just because of our association with Homie. A hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. You don't need to roll your eyes when you say <laughs> that. Don't, you don't, you don't, you're don't. you not required to. You can let me indulge in my self-delusion. You guys make Homie cool. What are you talking about? We're, um, we're cool because we've got the zone with us. But, yeah, we're here to help save people money. We've we saved, and it's been six years since Homie started. We're officially six years old. Awesome. And in that six years, we've saved over $85 million in commissions. That's incredible. So, so much money and we are just ready to save even more and just keep growing and so we're now in five markets our growth has been incredible and you know we're, we're here one-stop shop from real estate from title insurance um, loans we're here to help you and guide you through the whole process great I have, question, I have a question for katie katie have you ever figured out how much money you personally have saved your customers so no um, <laughs> um, I know how much I saved my sister-in-law. <laughs> um, she used us, and uh, she ended up saving and ended up being over $40,000. She bought with us. She wow. sold with us. She got a loan through us. So, so much money. And bonus is that I'm her sister-in-law, and so I helped her paint her house and, like, finish it. Ah, you're and so, so nice. now, now, I mean, that's even extra sprinkles <laughs> yeah, on top. But, um, yeah, I, I haven't done any of that math, but um, I know our agents are, are here to, to help save money, and I know a lot of them have done the math. And so just millions of dollars saved, and we're, we're so happy to, to help. A great example of how if uh, you, you do the whole process with Homie, I mean, you just, it's almost like compound where you save yeah. the money. Yeah, when you, you know, when you buy with us, when you sell with us, you know, buy with us, you will sell your house for free. That's even more savings, more savings with getting a loan through us. So we're just here to help save money and make the whole process easy and smooth for you. Homie.com. Do it now. Homie.com. Thank you, Katie. You're the best. Thank you. All right. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Homie for uh, hosting us today. They're great. Katie, Johnny, and the crew, they're, they're terrific. They'll take great care of you. They love taking care of our listeners. And uh, the real estate market out there is really something. Find out how Homie can help you throughout the process, buying, selling. They've got Homie loans, Homie title. They can take care of you. Homie.com. Uh, Gordon, we've got the movie zone coming up next. Austin Horton, John, uh, Johnny Lightfoot. 
Austin, uh, you want to you want to give us a little tease? Give us the poll question too. Yeah. So this week we've got a movie being released uh, tomorrow. Actually, we're going to preview it tonight. They've done this movie a couple times before, but this looks like it's actually going to be good. This time it's Mortal Kombat. Now I'm not oh. a big video game movie guy. It's usually a very failed attempt in that genre. But looking at this one and reading some stuff about it, it looks like it's going to be really, really cool. So we're going to talk about that. And our poll question is, uh, name a video game that would make a cool movie. What about that already did? John John Leguizamo as Luigi in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's not a correct or accurate <laughs> answer. Yeah. And didn't the dude from, uh, who played who played Mario in that? Wasn't it the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, uh, Haskin, her, uh, uh, Bob... Oh. Bob Haskins. Haskins, yeah. Hopkins? That guy's Hopkins? like that guy's Hopkins? like a legend. What a what an unbelievably he cast movie. He played Smee in Hook. Yeah. yeah. Bob Hoskins, <laughs> I think is his name. Hoskins, yeah, okay. It's a terrible movie, Jake. They could redo that and do it better. I'd like that as a reply. I I am curious to Gordon's response here. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to make of Mortal Kombat or you know. No, name a video game video that would game? make him a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Can't be Pong. See, it's I, yeah, the only one I know. That's the only, let me think here for a second. <laughs> Didn't there used to be like a James Bond shoot 'em up kind of game? But yeah, that's a game that, fashioned after a movie. We're accurate, looking for a movie yeah. about a game. Yeah, but it would it would still. But it's Never been mind. done. It was called uh, GoldenEye. The movie was called <laughs> GoldenEye. It was a game based on the movie. They can't they can't make a game based on a movie and then make it back into a movie again. How about Tetris, is, Gordon? Would that make there a, a good game, movie? Isn't there, isn't there a game called Zelda? There is. Would that make a good movie? It probably would, yeah. A lot of people have said that, so that that's a good answer. How about Duck hey, Hunt? I've got, I've, 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 oh, I'd love that as a comedy. Oh, that'd Duck be so funny. Yeah. A stupid dog that laughs at you. I got a question about, uh, or I actually have a, a statement to make to you, uh, Austin, as it pertains to movies. You and I talked a while back about the movie Soul, and you said how much you love that movie. Yeah. Am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I w- tried to watch it the first time, and I was really tired, and I fell asleep in the first five minutes. But the other night, I watched it all the way through. I love that movie. It's funny I'm, I'm, that that was your uh, experience, Gordon, because it's the exact same experience I had. I fell really? asleep the first time, and then the next time watched it and couldn't believe that I ever fell asleep watching it. It's kind of relaxing, though, with the, the piano in the background, the jazz music. So, But it, it, but it, really, um, it really encourages you to, to look at life a different way and to take advantage of your opportunity that you do get. It's and, made and me think- calm down at work. Well, it was. It just. It, it was a good, good message. I, I yeah. I, re- I really enjoyed it. So sometimes, Jake, you start to watch a movie, you don't think it's that good, but you give it another shot, and you find out, hey, it's pretty darn good. Well, I don't know, Gordon. I was able to stay awake for Soul the first time, so I can't relate. Uh, <laughs> movie Zone is coming up next. Stay tuned. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot, Gordon. I will talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Look forward to it, Jake. It's a big show. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.